Hi, everybody. So, um, if you don't know me, my name is Micah. If the rest of you know me, it's probably because we've been in the same room before, doing the same thing before at Sun Chasers, right? But you guys are not in Sun Chasers anymore. Well, this is still kind of cool. It's like a throwback a little bit, I feel like, right? I enjoy it. All right, what are we talking about this week? What, did you, what have you guys been talking about? We're always going to do a review. Come on. The Bible, Jesus. Any, any, any book that you can think of that we were talking about? First Thessalonians. Very good. Excellent. Now, just for a, a, a brief overview, and I know you guys are all intelligent and smart individuals, but I'm just going to do a very brief, quick look at how the New Testament is broken up so you can have an idea. Um, can I have two people to hold? Ladies. Just like be my easel. Thank you. Thank you. And if it gets heavy, let me know. Okay. All right. So the New Testament is, is uh, wait, wait, wait. Does every, all right. Bibles. Bibles. Who's got Bibles? Who doesn't have Bibles? Take one of the tops. Break it out if you don't. Share them together. If you do, I know these are. Uh, share. Also, bring your Bibles. Bring your Bibles. Bring your Bibles. You sure you there's three? You guys have one? You guys have it? An app, an app works. Here, here. Everybody have one? Need one? You guys have one? Here, share one. Okay, there you go. Okay, New Testament. I'm sorry, is it getting heavy yet? Okay, the New Testaments. The New Testament is the... The part of the Bible that's the left half, right? It's not a half. It's more. It's less than half. But the, even that is broken up into four, about four categories. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. What are those? Well, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, John are the Gospels. And Acts, those are all stories, right? Storyline. So we got stories, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. They all read like a story. Then they, then they did this. Then they did that, right? Jesus did this. This next section, these, these are all letters. Who to who? Paul to churches. A whole bunch of different churches. Paul wrote, he didn't write every one of them. He wrote a lot of them. He wrote Romans and he wrote Thessalonians that we're looking at. He wrote Philippians, Corinthians, all of them. Okay? You doing okay? Yeah. Okay. The last section, we're going to call this prophecy. Does anybody know what book is the, the prophetic book? Revelation. revelation. There's only one revelation is the book that is the prophecy. So when you're looking at the New Testament, this is one of the things that you're reading. You're either reading the part of the Gospels or Acts, or you're reading a letter from somebody to a church or to a person as an and then the last part is prophecy. Okay? Ladies, sit down. Do you have a Bible? Okay. You guys, I'm going to borrow a Bible. Do you have one? I want to take this one away from you. you want Ladies first. Ladies first. Okay. All right. Very good. You were almost there, though. Very good. You were very, getting very close. So, don't you have a group out there? Okay. Very good. So, as far as background goes... 
When we're talking about the letters, who is Paul? Paul is the writer of, of 1 Thessalonians. Who is Paul? The one dude. The one dude that did the thing. So Paul is, Paul is the author of all of these books. Do you, anybody remember about his story, what happened in his story? What happened to him? Yes. Well, that's not a very good guy to read, write the letters to churches. Well, what happened to him? Yeah, right. He had a conversion experience, right? So he converted. He became a Christian because he met Jesus on the roads, right, to Damascus, exactly. And he said, well, I'm, forget this. I'm not going to stop doing this because Jesus was the, is the real deal. So he did that. The letter that we're talking about is about 15 years after that conversion. So he's been preaching and doing all these stuff for about 15 years. All right? Um, Thessalonians. Thessalonica is the name of the church. Or the name of the city where the church is. So they didn't have like lots of little churches like we have. They had like a main church and they would call it the church and name it after the city. So Thessalonica is right up there. All right? You've got Macedonia, Thrace, Ephesus, Acacia, Acacia, I don't know. How do you pronounce that? All on the Aegean Sea. Does anybody know their geography enough to know where that is? The Mediterranean Sea. Very close. Look at this. Here's the Aegean Sea. That's old France. Or excuse me, great Greece. 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 That is Greece. Now we see Greece right here. Look. There's the Aegean Sea. Look at this name of this town right here. If you can read it. Thessaloniki, that's the old city of Thessalonica. So these, this location is in what is now known as Greece. The city of Thessalonica, which is what this letter is written to, is now named Thessaloniki. I don't know. But it's a real city that exists. It's a big city. It's a port city. It's a touristy city. This is, this is the city now. You see the buildings in the background, the new buildings. It's right on that huge port or that huge bay that it's at. They've uncovered some of the old areas. This is a really hip place to be, and it was back then too. It was the capital city of Macedonia. So, what, we're, what I want you to see, and throughout this whole scripture we talk about it, this is a real place. It was a real place. It is a real place. These were real peoples. These are real letters. All right? And have you heard about Paul and his missionary journeys? He was a missionary. And he, this is his second missionary journey that he went on when he wrote this letter. He was forced to leave. He was visiting this church in Thessalonica. And he was forced to leave. Like, We'll, we'll read about it, but he was actually like take out with like the, the cops took him out and actually got him out of this because people wanted to murder him, right? They were so ticked off at him, they wanted, he wanted them gone. So he was forced to leave, so he didn't really get to leave in a good way. It was, he, he was got like, you know, yanked out, right? So he sent what his, his, his boy, Timothy, which wasn't really his boy, it was like, you know, like my boy, you know, it, he, he sent him to go in and get and hear about the church at Thessalonica. And this is based on Timothy's report. He wrote this. Everything was based on letters then. All right? 
Everything's based on letters. So Thessalonica was a well-off city. It was a capital city. It was also in, in Greece. Greece people didn't like hard work. They did everything they could not have to work hard. All right, so you'll read more about this, this book. We'll hear more about this idea of work as we go on in this, in this whole, as actually as you guys learn and over the next few weeks, you'll hear more about work. Uh, some of the chapters of the highlights of the letter that we want to go over before we get into our passage. Uh, so you receive the message with joy. You imitated both us and the Lord. As an example, you have become an, ex- an as a result, you have become an example to all the believers in Greece. So he's encouraging them. This is a very encouraging letter, the first part of it. And then it goes through. Paul talks about you remember when I was there, I worked really hard so that I wasn't a burden on you guys, all this kind of stuff. So he was he was very much a part of their lives. He was in with this church, he was working alongside them. He was his job, what he did besides being a missionary, he built tents. So he was a tent maker. So he worked hard as he did that. So we're going to go to, um, this is the, chat, the passage that we're going to talk, four verses that we're going to talk about. I'm going to read it, and then you guys are going to break up and talk about it. All right, so let me read it. Therefore, we never stop thanking God that when you received his message from us, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which, of course, it is. And this word continues to work in you who believe. And then, dear brothers and sisters, you who suffer persecution from your own countrymen, in this way you imitated the believers in God's churches in Judea, who, because of their belief in Christ Jesus, suffered from their own people, the Jews. For some of the Jews killed the prophets, and even some killed the Lord Jesus. Now they have persecuted us too. They failed to please God and work against all humanity." Verse 16, as they try to keep us from preaching the good news of salvation to the Gentiles, by doing this, they continue to pile up their sins, but the anger of God has caught up with them at last. Your version might be a slightly different version. (laughs) Very different. I'm reading the uh, NLT, New Living Translation, so that's, that's one I like. So what I want you guys to do is do two things. Break into groups. And those of you who have leaders who have been here before, I don't know how many groups we usually break into, but let's break into groups. And what I want you to do is get and talk about the main point of each one of these verses, 13, 14, 15, and 16. So talk about the main points of each verse, and then we're going to come back and talk about it together. So do that now. Break into groups and talk about that. Okay. So... If we go through each one of these verses, so what we're trying to do is we're trying to understand what Paul was talking about. Now, when, when Paul wrote, wrote this, there's a point that I feel like I need to make. It wasn't like verse 1, hello, my name is Paul. Verse 2, he just wrote a letter. When you write a letter, you don't necessarily break it up into verses or even headers in your Bible. You might have headers and things like that. So just know that when these are sentences, or it looks like it kind of breaks it up in between, that isn't necessarily from Paul. That was the people who put the Bible together and just kind of said, this is a good idea, this is a good idea. So he had an overarching thought that we'll talk about. And his main part of this first half of the, of the book is to encourage. Because the, 
church at Thessalonica was going through some tough times. So they needed some encouragement. So he, is, he spends the first part of the book encouraging. Then he's going to exhort. He's going to make them, he's not make them, he's going to uh, ask them to um, live in a way that is according to what God wants him to do, which you'll get into in further weeks. But for this verse, we're looking at 1 Seconds 2.13. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. Therefore, we can never stop thanking God. Stop. We can never stop thanking God. So, how many of you wake up happy? Awesome. I don't. <laughs> I stop thanking God at about, if I wake up at 7, I, wake, I usually stop thanking God about 7.01. It's just a difficult thing to get out of bed. So, uh, I, that's an encouragement to me. We never stop thanking God. All right, let's move on. I won't do that. It's not, we're going to not break every, you know, all right. So um, that when we received this message from us, you didn't think of our, own, our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we say is the very words of God, which of course it is. And this work, this word continues to work in you who believe. So tell, talk to me. What were some of the ideas of verse 13? I got, some, I got a marker here. We're going to mark down big ideas for 13. Yes. Wow. I'm not going to write all that down, but good. So who are we thanking? Him who? Paul? God. Thank you, God, for the word. What, what else? Who else had a big idea? Yes. It will work out what, so, so the word, what is the word being the Bible will work out. How does that, what does that look like? Now actually, we'll talk about that in application. I'm going to say the word will work. You guys doing okay? Awesome. What else? Any other ideas? Yes. Thank God a lot. All right. So, yes, um, there's a thankfulness. There is a thoughtfulness. They, when you hear a word, when you hear some words as mere human words, this, this is what they didn't do. They heard the words and they were like, you know what? That is more than just somebody talking. That is actually the word of God. So they thought about what the person was saying. They thought about, that's Thunder Boys. Are you okay? Okay. So when they heard those things, they thought about it. So being thoughtfulness about what you hear, just not letting everything come into your head and saying, well, that must be true because I read it on the internet. So they are very thoughtful about what they hear. And they critique it. They listen. And they, they have to, it's called discernment. It's a, it's, a, it's a word that adults use that it helps you say, you know what, I'm going to think about what you said, and I'm going to try to understand, see if I think it's true or not. Now, if it's your parents, you know, and they say, clean up your, you're like, wait a minute, I need to think about whether or not I should really do that or not. 
that's not something, you know, obeying your parents isn't something, or your teachers or something like that. But what, when they heard the word, they didn't just, they heard it as the word of God. All right. Their belief continues, right? Uh, they receive the word, of, the word of God as the word of God. It's important to know now, this is our word of God. Okay? A letter in the mail, unless it's the Bible, isn't the word of God. All right? So, the word of God is the word of God. So good. How about verse 14? And go on to that. And then, dear brothers and sisters, you have suffered persecution from your own countrymen. This way, you imitated believers in God's church and in Judea, who because of their belief in Christ Jesus suffered from their own people, the Jews. Um, this actually refers back to the story. You remember that when I talked about the story? There's a verse, a chapter in, in Acts 17 where it talks about this story that he's referring to. So it talks about, it kind of goes through the story and talks about how Paul got in trouble for preaching about Jesus, how he got arrested and how he got put in jail and then how he got, had to get let out. The, the cops had to like literally surround him and get him out of the city because people wanted to kill him, right? So there's a, that's all referring to this part and he's referring to himself about people at churches in Judea. Judea is modern times Israel. Again, real places, real people that we're talking about. So Judea is modern times Israel. So he's talking about Jerusalem. He's talking about all of those churches that Jesus was a part of too and that he helped establish when they became Christians. So one of the things that we're talking about this is what he's encouraging them. What do you guys see in, in, as far as encouragement in verse 14? Which one is that? That's like the dark blue. Okay. Okay. Verse 14, when you see this, you suffered just like us. He's relating to them. He's saying, hey, you know what? You're not alone. And that's a big idea for this whole part is you're not alone. So he's trying to let them know that what they're going through, they've already gone through. What you're experiencing, we've also experienced. So he's trying to let them know you're not alone. And that's a good encouragement for us. You are not alone. So you are not alone. So even if you put this on, on you guys as, as you're living your life, you're not alone. You experience something, you experience confusion, anger, whatever it is. You experience somebody hating on you or whatever it is. You're not alone. So just understand that. Not as a creepy, you're not alone, like, but more like, a, hey man, we're here. You're not alone. We're here. We're here. And that's what, we, what, what, that's what Sundays are for. We come together. We encourage each other. We, let you, we have a good time playing Nine Square or Birdie on the Perch or whatever that was called. Just to say, you're not alone. We're just going through this together. So that's what Paul was doing. He was encouraging them to do that. Uh, I'm going to move a little bit faster. For some of the Jews killed the prophets, some killed the Lord Jesus. Now they have persecuted us. They failed to please God and work against all humanity. For as short of a verse as this, there's a lot here. He talks about the prophets, which is the Old Testament. 
He talks about Jesus, who is the Messiah. He talked about, he identified the killers of Jesus as the Jews, as the Jewish people. So there's a lot going. They killed Jesus. They killed the prophets. They hated the apostles, which are the people that wrote the New Testament. This did not please God, and they worked against all mankind. They, work, they failed to please God and work against all humanity. So there's lots, lots here. It even refers to Matthew 15.2. Can I borrow this just for a second? Matthew 15.2. Is that, is that Matthew? 15.5.12. Sorry, I can't even read my own handwriting. Matthew 5.12. This is uh, Jesus talking. He says, Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So he's referring to what Jesus said on what's called the Sermon of the Mount. He's referring to that, and he said, You know what? These guys, these people that that killed Jesus and killed the prophets, they're after us too. So it's nothing new. They're just letting you know it's the same thing, right? It's the same thing. So they hated the apostles that did not please God, and they worked against all men. Okay, hold on. Thank you, guys. I know. I didn't tell you it would be for nine hours, did I? <laughs> uh. Worked against the apostles. All right. Last verse. As they try to keep us from preaching the good news of salvation to the Gentiles, by doing this, they continue to pile up their sins. But the anger of God has caught up with them at last. Who are the Gentiles? Who are the Gentiles? Are they Jewish? There's talking about they here is talking about Jewish people. Who are the Gentiles? Yes. People who are being persecuted were the Gentiles. So all the people in Greece, you know who else are Gentiles? All of us. We're all, unless you're Jewish, and if you're Jewish, welcome. But if you're not Jewish, we're Gentiles. So we're the Gentiles that are being talked about here. So what they tried to do, well done boys, well done. What they tried to do is keep salvation from, the gent- from us. Yes. They killed Jesus, prophets, and worked against the apostles. Sorry. <laughs> Sauce? No. <laughs> J-E-S-U-S. Killed Jesus, the prophets, and worked against the apostles. So, what these guys were trying to do, they were trying to keep the salvation from the Messiah to themselves. They didn't want us to have it. They didn't want people to have it. So they, they lost their sense of duty to God. They lost their sense of salvation for the whole world. And we are the Gentiles that they are trying to keep this from. So they lived in their sin. And when you live in your sin and don't try to change, don't feel like you need to change from the conviction of the Holy Spirit, that's when it's talking about the anger of God has caught up with them at last. When you dwell in your sin, you just sit. You don't try to change. You don't feel convicted by hearing about the gospel of Jesus. You let that wallow. 
That's when God says that his, his wrath is released, right? And it will be in the future. And so there are a few things. And thank you, guys. I'm not going to, I just I don't want to get to my main points here at the end. So thank you very much. Okay, so there's a few things. There's four things that I want to, I have about, I have about three minutes. So there are four things. This entire first part of this section is laying down a foundation of, for the, the rest of the chapters. So this encouraging part in Thessalonians that you're learning about is laying down for what's going to come in the later chapters 3 and 4. When he will call, Paul will call the, Thessalon- the Thessalonica church or the Thessalonians to action. Right? So the three things, the fourth main points. We want you, yeah, I actually have these on the thing. All right. Accept the Bible as God's word as it continues to work out in you. What that means is when the Bible, when we talk about the Bible being alive and working through you and things like that, as you read the Bible, honestly, God's Holy Spirit convicts you of things, brings to light things in your minds, and you're not, you're not just reading some random fiction book. It's God's Word. It's God, the words of God. So accept the Bible as God's Word as it continues to be worked out. Don't feel alone because you're not. Work for humanity, which that means is be a genuine, decent person. This is one that maybe I have a problem with. I don't know. And the, last, the fourth thing is allow God to be God. And this is kind of works with the, sec, the, the second to last one. Sometimes we want you to get in trouble. So you allow God, allow. Was that a little weird? Yeah, it was over. Sorry. Sorry. So allow God to be God. And but when we allow God to be God, then he works out all of the, the wrath and all that kind of stuff. If we're not worried about somebody getting in trouble, we're not worried about somebody getting in trouble. We let God works that out. Okay? So, the Bible is God's word. Don't feel alone. Be a good person. And allow God to be God. And uh, the Bible being God's word is the crucial, the biggest part, the biggest points. And so know that the, the word of God is God's word. Okay? All right. Thank you for allowing me to be here. Thank you for listening. Let me pray. Let me pray. You don't have to applaud. It's fine. Oh, no. You Let me pray. Sit down. All right. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these guys. We thank you for these ladies. We ask that you help us to have a good time tonight when we uh, play Foursquare or nine square and enjoy all our time together. Lord, we thank you for a day off tomorrow that they can relax and help them to be able to have a good week at school. Allow us to be able to find time in our schedules to look for, the, for the, the periods of time that we can pray and read the Word of God and allow it to permeate our hearts and minds. In your name we pray, amen.